You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's an NFL Wednesday here on Locked On NFL. I'm Tony Wiggins along with James Rapine. We are the host of Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Bengals. But on Wednesdays, we bring you Locked On NFL here on Locked On NFL Podcast. What's up, Jamie? What's going on, my man? How are you? I'm good. It's a trade deadline, and we were sitting around looking at our TVs and monitors and cell phones and laptops waiting on all of this interesting news to happen. And guess what? Dud. Not too much went on, man. And I know I thought it was going to be very, very active based on what we had seen the last couple of days. And it wasn't. It, what a dud. I can't wait to dive into some of these losers. There's, there's some losers, Tony. No doubt about it. Some losers, some teams, and some fans right now that should be upset and angry at their organization for not swinging a deal before the deadline. Yeah, but I know some, somebody who's a winner, and i tell you that is, and that's Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or overbearing sports parents fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. It's getting cool outside, so I'm not going to barbecue as much, but it's time for comfort food, so maybe a little chilly and a cold beverage of Pepsi while I watch the games this weekend. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Jamie, let's not bury the lead. Let's get right into it, Mr. Rapine. Winners and losers. Let's start with the losers. Green Bay, and we saw this coming a mile away ever since they – have felt the need for two straight years to not give Aaron Rodgers any weapons. And now they all of a sudden realize Aaron Rodgers needs weapons and they couldn't pull the trigger today because obviously, according to some people on TV, they didn't want to give up the draft capital to go get maybe a Will Fuller from the Houston Texans. It's completely ridiculous, Tony. Absolutely awful. If I'm a Packers fan today, I'm embarrassed. And I'm embarrassed because you have a Super Bowl window. You're in a really competitive NFC. And look at what the other teams have done. Right. Tampa Bay, what did they do? Well, they went out and got Leonard Fournette after getting Tom Brady, after getting uh, LaShawn McCoy. And then what did they do? Go get Antonio Brown. They keep adding weapons, adding weapons, adding pieces. And it's not just them. The Seattle Seahawks, they added Carlos Dunlap. They traded for Jamal Adams in the offseason. Those guys aren't even with the Seahawks yet, aren't even healthy playing right now. So – the, the teams you're competing against to make a, another Super Bowl run with Aaron Rodgers, who's playing at an MVP-like level, you, you, you didn't compete with them. You didn't get the final piece. You didn't add, and you didn't leap when you needed to. And you mentioned the draft, and it was disappointing then, but I get it, right? Right. You're going after a quarterback in Jordan Love. Well, that's fine. You're going to do that. Right. You, you, you've got to have a backup for Aaron Rodgers and a replacement plan just in case he does decline. So, fine. But when Will Fuller is available, you're not a w willing to trade a, the potentially 58th, the 62nd or 64th pick if you win the Super Bowl, a late second round pick. You can't do that for a guy 
who opposite Devontae Adams can take the top off of a defense that, that could really scare the Jamal Adamses of the world and, got, and teams like that that you're going to face in the playoffs, it's, it's insane to me. And, and, it, and it wasn't even just Will Fuller. I'll give you another guy because I, I actually thought I covered the Bengals. John Ross had requested a trade. Right. I thought that they might go the cheap route and trade for a speedster like Ross who would have probably cost a seventh-round pick, and they didn't do it. The, the Packers are, are the biggest losers right now, not because they're going to lose a bunch of games. They're going to win 12 games this year. But when it becomes playoff time, when it, it, the pressure is at its peak, do they have enough talent to beat the top teams in the NFC? They didn't last year, and I don't think they do right now. No, and you know what? Dalvin Cook showed this weekend the same thing that San, uh, San Francisco showed a few weeks back, which is the same thing that uh, San Francisco showed last week, year in the playoffs. I'm going to put it to you like my, my grandfather used to say. They ain't got no hind parts, man. They, 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 ain't got, they ain't got no weight on them. They ain't got no, no, no sand in their pocket. And what that means is people run the ball down their throat and they score points on them. So the only way you can keep up with teams like that is to score points back. We, even, we were even joking this week. I was joking with some guys online. And I know Peter Bukowski is probably up there going crazy with Locked On Packers, but I was joking with people online saying Tampa – people saying Tampa doesn't need Antonio Brown. I said, well, maybe they don't. But one thing they don't want is, to, is, is Antonio Brown to go to Seattle because they can't beat him if he's up there with D.K. Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, you, it's keep away. No, we, we don't need him, but you know what? We don't need him up there either. Because we can't beat him if he goes up there. So I don't get it, and I don't understand this. I understand, like you say, the infrastructure of trying to build your team towards the future. But when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you have Devontae Adams, who is, one, I believe, a top-five wide receiver, you need help. You need help. And you need to be able to – if you can't stop people, you need to outscore people. And they absolutely cannot do it right now. So I think they're the biggest loser today. And another guy that they could have went after, and he was certainly available. Let's say they didn't want Will Fuller. Final year of his contract, does have some injury issues. Maybe they think, you know what, in those physical battles at Lambeau in the cold, that speed, that's not what we need. We need a more physical guy who can go over the middle and make the the tough catches and, and make tough plays in big moments. Well, last I checked, Golden Tate was available. Yeah, Golden Tate would look damn good in a Packers uniform. He was available. The Giants already have a guy in Sterling Shepard who's basically Golden Tate light. And and I watched Tate make a huge play on Monday Night Football, almost got the Giants back in that game and tied that game up against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's another guy that wouldn't have cost a second-round pick. That would have cost less. You just – you can't worry. And I I know there were a lot of teams worried about the salary cap potentially going down to as low as $175 million in 2021. Look, Green Bay, I get it. This is unprecedented times. You also have a once-in-a-generation quarterback. You went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, which is next to impossible. That doesn't happen. Take advantage of it. Stop wasting it. Be aggressive and go after it. I thought they might, whether it's Fuller or Tate or someone like that, and they didn't. They sat on their hands, and now the the fate of the the 2020-2021 Packers it rests on number 12 shoulders, which it's done for the past decade. And I guess they're comfortable with putting everything on A-Ron moving forward. And I'll go to the biggest loser here, and, and we'll do this before we hit segment two. I'll say this about the Packers. They had a tradition of being able to 
just like they went from quarterback to quarterback, they went from receiver to receiver over the years. And the Steelers have done the same thing. And Pittsburgh, we'll talk about them a little bit later. They've done the exact same thing. And they got a, a gang of guys up there catching balls now. But the difference is Ron Wolf isn't walking through that door. And since Ron Wolf has left, they've, they've not produced those receivers the way that they've used to. All right, let's get to the biggest loser. We've already mentioned the player who comes from the team of the biggest loser today, and that is Will Fuller. I think it's the Texans. And the reason why is because they're one in six. They're going nowhere fast. They almost have no draft choices for the next two years or three years because of all of the poor trades that the now fired Bill O'Brien made in the past. Why not do something and, and push some of those pieces out of the door and get you some draft capital in what will be a strong draft because it'll be a quarterback heavy draft at the top next year and get you some pieces. I, I don't understand them sitting still and holding on to a bunch of guys that make a lot of money and you don't have any draft capital and you're going nowhere fast. I'd say you dump it all and start over. I get it. I totally understand why you're saying that, man. I mean, you could have moved a lot of these older guys and, and gotten pieces. You, you could have moved a guy like Will Fuller. And, and that's the, the flip side of this. I, I, I'll rip the Packers for not being willing to give up their late second round pick. At the same time, if you're the Texans, I look, Green Bay has three fourth rounders. Why not say, all right, we'll take your third and one of your fourths and a future sixth. So, you know, or something like that and just try to get multiple picks. This team, talk about wasting, just signed Deshaun Watson to an extension. They traded one of the best receivers in the game for pennies on the dollar. Right. You don't rebound from that overnight and they need to. And I, I unless they sign Will Fuller long-term, which is risky because of his injury history. Unless they do that and that's their plan, I don't really get why you would hang on to him at one and six. And there is the rumor um, and potential for this to become official, and I should say report, not rumor, of eight playoff teams. So maybe that's it. As Houston says, hey, don't count us out yet. Maybe we'll get to eight and eight, make a late season run, and find, a way, find our way into the playoffs. With eight teams in each conference, if that happens, then, mm -hmm. you know, maybe. But, whew. That happens, I don't think they should be thinking that way right now. I'll tell you what, if that happens, I'll come to Cincinnati and I'll buy you the biggest steak they serve up there. That ain't happening, brother. I'm just saying, yeah, I know, hey, teams, I know. teams are delusional. Teams yeah, are delusional yeah, with that. Yeah, and they, and they are definitely delusional. I'll tell you what, who's not delusional. We aren't delusional because we have two more segments to go. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about who the best team in the league is. And you don't want to hear it, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Uh, somebody from your neck of the woods. We're going to talk about who the best team is in the league. Is there trouble for another team that's uh, playing around in your division? And we're going to talk about Tua and the possibility, you, you brought something up to me, that the Dolphins, because they have one of those picks that we talked about with Houston, that might be a top three pick, and that's up for grabs this week as Houston plays Jacksonville. Could they also be having their eye on another quarterback? Speaking of those quarterbacks, there are four guys in the draft that may make a lot of noise, and they might all be in the top five, and we didn't expect that. We'll talk about that in the third segment on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. We'll do that in just a second when we get back. This football season would be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I'm going to watch this season eating me some hot, hot comfort food and drinking me a cool Pepsi because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. 
These passionate fans are real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out all the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, man, so it's James Rapine. It's Tony Wiggins. James, been covering the NFL uh, forever, and I've been doing the same thing about nine years now here in Jacksonville. James is up in Cincinnati uh, my team doesn't have a lot uh, to talk about these days except uh, the soap opera and the unique way that they explain all of the bad stuff that goes on here in Jacksonville, and it's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. At least James' team has a really good quarterback that upset one of the best teams in the league this year. But, James, there's some drama in that division that you have, drama in terms of what's going on with Baltimore and, and the MVP, but there's also something else going on in that division, and that is that team that, you know, in Pittsburgh looks like it came out of nowhere. Now they're the best team, and at least week by week looks like the most consistent team in the National Football League. No doubt about it. They're going to be 8-0 after they beat up, and we're going to talk about the Cowboys. They're going to beat up on the Cowboys this week. Oh, my then God. Re- we, we got to talk about that train wreck, too, right? <laughs> and then you mentioned the Bengals. They got the Bengals next. So there's a very good chance that the, the Steelers go 9-0. and And, Tony, they're really impressive. I mean, coming into this year, you obviously had the questions about Ben. You had the questions about the wide receiver unit. And I think they've been answered. Ben is inconsistent at this stage, but you have an elite defense. You have a better, much better than average, and one of the, the the more deep wide receiver cores in the league. A consistent run game and a good offensive line. Oh, and you have one of the best, and I'll say this again: one of the best head coaches in the NFL. No doubt, Mike Tomlin. He brings it each and every week. And I know there are some Steelers fans that that have complained about him over the years. Man, Mike Tomlin. I think he's the third best coach in the NFL. Terry Bradshaw complained about him. You remember it, that, Bradshaw? I do. Bradshaw was going going ballistic and going in on Mike Tomlin. And you look back now, man, he had A.B. And he, he, he managed the hell out of that thing. No he doubt about it. No, no doubt. And, and that's the thing is you look back at that hindsight 2020 and you look at what he's done this year, undefeated start, they've been great. So when I look at this team, there's no doubt in my mind right now they're the best team in the NFL. Could that change? Absolutely. Do they have the highest ceiling? No, because that depends on Ben. And can Ben really get back to that elite form? Because, again, I don't think he's that. I think he's been good. He's certainly been serviceable and good enough. But he's going to have to be better if they are going to make that Super Bowl run, which I do think they're capable of making. And, man, if I'm a Steelers fan, I, I'm really impressed with the the seven-game start and what's probably going to be at least a nine game start to the season with nine straight wins you know what i really like about them Uh, well i like a lot about them offensively what excuse me what i like about them more than anything offensively is their receivers catch the ball they stick their hand in the ground when they turn keep their balance and they find a way to run after the catch and and squeeze out that first down if it's third and 11 they'll catch it at the seven yard marker and they find a way they turn in a little punt returner and they always seem to have guys that do that, whether it goes back to Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Mike Wallace. They've always had a guy who – Antonio Randall L. And they got guys now, I don't even know their name. I just know there's number 11, number 14. You know, it's, it's 17, it's number 18. They, it's 19. 
they have guys they all seem to look alike except Claypool. Of course, he looks like a freakazoid, but it's this they just got these dudes that just get in and out of their routes, man. And they they're just well coached. And on defense, they didn't they didn't copycat. And what I mean by that is because these offenses are, are going more to these RPO stuff, you see a lot of people try to get small and fast and, and go nickel all the time and 70% of the time have all these DBs. Pittsburgh still is the only, one of the only teams in the league that has these linebackers that are 265 pounds. They didn't go and try to get all small and copycat. They're still these same Blitzburg, big old have a whole bunch of 250-pound, 260-pound linebackers big dudes in the front seven, they're still the same team. And they don't look slow. And they lose their Mike linebacker, you know, who they got to replace Ryan Chazier. They lose their Mike linebacker, the kid out of Michigan. And, oh, by the way, they take another dude who's a football player Jesse, and they plug him in, and he gets a pick six the other day. And now they make this trade the other day for Avery Williamson, who they're also one of the winners in free agency because it's like the rich get richer. They just seem like they just know how to do it, man. And that's the reason I'm 51 years old and they've only had three coaches in my entire life and they've all won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, it's the culture. It's everything. I, I agree. And they're going to be right there. And they make a move. They get a linebacker that they need. And that's the thing. You, how many teams could withstand losing a first-round pick, a guy you know that, that's the, not the heart and soul of that defense, but a big part of the defense – and then they just flip it. They're like, okay, we're going to pivot. We'll get Avery Williamson. Does anyone not expect the Steelers to be right there on, on division weekend? Right. You know, when the divisional matchups are there, they're, they're going to be in that. They'll be playing whoever. And, uh, and that's just, that's what they do. And, and I, I, it was funny because I, I think there were a lot of people that were low on the Steelers coming into the year. And I felt like I was even a little low on them and I still had them finishing with the winning record. Like that's just how they are. And they've certainly exceeded my expectations. I thought, uh, Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I, I just talked about the Steelers because Dallas is their America's team. I, I almost want to think that Pittsburgh might be, even though New England's won a lot the last 20 years, like I said, Pittsburgh's had three coaches in my entire life, and they've all won Super Bowls, and I'm 51. That's amazing, right, when you just think about that. The Dallas Cowboys the other night look offensively looked like the worst team I've ever seen. And... <laughs> Um, I, I have to tell you that I, I take a little bit and I don't want to pick on my friends in Dallas and, and shout out to uh, my man Moja at Lockdown Cowboys but I have to Jerry kind of deserves this because of the way he, he cherry picks and they, they go about this business of making him talk he told some dude on the radio the other day to, to shut up and let him finish talking and okay finish talking explain this James Rapine, can you play Jerry Jones for a minute and explain that dumpster fire that we see and tell me what is going on because they have so many players making all of that money. So tell me and explain to me how a football team can be that inept at this point. Well, we had injuries. And I, I Tony, and I, I was going to go with the Jerry Jones impression, <laughs> but I, I don't want to hurt people's ears because damn well I know my limits in the key is self-awareness in life. And I, I cannot do impressions for the life of me. In fact, the Cowboys might be better at football than I am at impressions, but that's still awful because they're dreadful right now. 
And you want to talk about losers at the deadline? You know what they should have done? They and what a smart team would have done? Traded $20 yep. million dollar Amari Cooper to a team. That's what I would have done because yep. they're kind of rebuilding right now, <laughs> okay? They're, they're talking between Ben Danucci, I think is how you say his name, I the rookie so. who was awful last week, and Cooper Rush starting this week. And I hope Andy Dalton gets well soon, one, because I like him and his family and he's a really good guy and you don't want – COVID-19 to hurt anyone, but two, for, for the Dallas Cowboys' sake, because, man, they are going to get steamrolled. If you're in fantasy, and I get it, this isn't a fantasy pod, try to get the Steelers' defense this week. They are going to unload on whoever is playing for the Cowboys. It's rough right now, Tony, and, and I really do. I'm serious about the Cooper deal. They should have traded him. That's $20 million, and you could have probably gotten a, a premium pick in a draft that is loaded at receiver. You have two good receivers as it is, potentially great in CeeDee Lamb. Why not do that? that? That's another missed opportunity ahead of the deadline. I think it was because they would have had to admit that they would have had to admit that they screwed up. And nobody likes to admit that they made, uh, that they made a mistake. And, and especially somebody with the ego of Jerry. Now, we talked about this trend. They mentioned it today again on ESPN on, on the special show, but we talked about this trend of jumping off these quarterbacks and we brought it up here. I, I don't remember anybody that brought it up before we did. So I'm going to toot our horn here. I don't remember anybody bringing it up before we brought it up. How the trend that was started in Arizona with Josh Rosen, how these teams are willing to jump off of these quarterbacks. So I'm really Looking at it now where everyone, I, I believe it, Tannenbaum mentioned that these teams, that all of these guys in their first and second year, they may be jumped off of. You saw a report, though, that you you brought up to me that there's some talk that even Tua, that Miami, that Miami may not be jumping off of them, but Miami may look at it as some sort of a, if they get a high pick, that they may look at it as an asset and, and go after a quarterback early. What did you see? Adam Schefter had it. That part of the reason why Tua got the start last week and was inserted into the starting lineup is because they need to evaluate him and see if he's the guy for them. And that's interesting, Tony, for, to me, because one, it's smart if you're the Dolphins, because you absolutely need to do that. And two, the way Burrow and Herbert are playing, specifically Herbert, since you picked Tua over him, I think that adds a little pressure as well. But look, evaluate them, and if you end up with a, a top five pick, well, these, these rookie quarterbacks coming in, they're damn good. So you need to be aware, and you need to be able to, to make that call because if you don't have that guy at quarterback, you're never going to be a contender year in and year out. So maybe Tua is that guy, but they need to evaluate it now, and I think that's why they did it. It's smart, and heck, if, if it does work out with Tua and you feel good about it at the end of the year, then you could take that pick – and turn it into a bunch of picks potentially and build around him and put the, the team together and the foundation that he needs for the foreseeable future. Or you can go get your guy and who you think could be that guy. And I do think it's interesting that they have this strategy, but heck, you've seen it. You've seen it with the, the Cardinals when they moved on from Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray, they send him as in Rosen to the Dolphins, and guess what? It didn't work out. They drafted Tua. If Tua doesn't work out, they're probably going to pull the plug and move on, and I don't think they're there yet by any stretch, but the evaluation process has already started, and it's up to Tua to really show them that he can be the future of that franchise. And it's so hard to find a quarterback 
it may be a house money situation. And what I mean by that is I don't suspect that they thought Houston was going to be this bad when they made those picks because Houston was supposed to be challenging for championships and Houston was supposed to be basically Houston was supposed to be one of those teams that were, you know, that, that were going to be good for a while. And lo and behold, this pick may be a top three, a top four pick. Houston and Jacksonville play this week. Right now, Jacksonville's three and Houston's four. And they're both one and six. So somebody's going to push somebody out of the way. And, you know, depending on who it is, they may not. I know Jacksonville is not going to be favored in any of their games. And it's not just because they're a bad team. It's because they, Jacksonville's playing a bunch of teams with a, a bunch of winning records. I think the only team that they really have that that's not really doing well is Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, man, you know, coming down this stretch, man, we got to, you know, it, it's a chance that Miami does end up with a very, very high pick. And I'm sure Miami wants to take a look at uh, the quarterbacks. They want to take a look and see what, what Austin Jackson looks like when he gets back. Because that pick is high. They're going to have a choice between that left tackle in Oregon. Jacksonville's going to have the same thing even though they're going to probably take a quarterback anyway, but they don't want to screw themselves up and not, not end up in the top pick. So what we're going to do, man, we're going to look at uh, some of these quarterbacks because I'm going to pull up Joe Marino, who works with us here. He's locked on bills and plus uh, uh, with uh, draft network uh, draft dudes. They have all of our guys on there. Uh, uh, Travis Kima, uh, Ben Solak, uh, Krabs that does, uh, they always come on with us here in the third segment, but we're going to use their material. We're going to go through, James and I are going to put our spin on what these quarterbacks are going to do. Because lately I've been seeing a lot of these guys. I'm hearing Zach Wilson. I'm hearing uh, all of these other cats that may be peeking their way up into the top 10. Everybody's talking about Fields. Everybody's talking about Lawrence, but it might be a little bit more than that. And then my man, Trevor Lawrence started talking about maybe he doesn't want to play for the Jets. And I don't think he said that, but, there was some talk that maybe he would go back to school or whatever. So what we're going to do is take a look at Joe Marino's latest draft and we'll see it based on the draft order, what they're talking about and try to incorporate some of that into what we're saying here for you guys. Cause I know when your team is losing, you're already looking at the next year. And most of these teams are looking at 2021 already. We'll do that in the third and final draft part of our segment and our show here on the Wednesday edition of locked on NFL. All right, I've been telling you for a while now about Built Bar, and I'm going to keep telling you, man. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, bar none. No pun intended, but bar none. And I say that for a reason. One is because it tastes absolutely fabulous. And two is because you have 18 great flavors to choose from. And three is because with our promo code locked on, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's right. Locked on is the promo code. 20% off your next order of Built Bars. Now, people are telling me they're trying the coconut almond, the cherry barkia, the coconuts and cream with the cookies and cream. And, man, I'm telling you, bro, it they have so many favorites. German chocolate. Are you Are you serious? It's almost, it sounds like Thanksgiving. No, it's Thanksgiving in a bar is what it is. And it's Built Bar, and it is absolutely amazing. You need to try them at BuiltBar.com. 20% off of your next order. When you go on BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. you need to do it now. Do it now. BuiltBar.com. All right, we're back with segment three. Uh, well, we actually never left, but we're here with segment three, James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. This is the draft part of the show where we usually use draft dudes or uh, Joe Marino or Kyle Krabs or Solak. Everybody's busy on deadline day today. And uh, 
Plus, we wanted to put our little bit of a spin on it, too. So what we're going to do is I pulled Joe Marino's draft up, and uh, he's using a draft order based on what it is right now and right now what it is because Washington won the other day. Atlanta's gone on this win streak. Uh, right now, the top five picks are as follows, uh, James. It's the Jets won, the Giants two, the Jaguars three, the Dolphins, which is the Houston's pick, is four. That'll be a big game this weekend between the uh, Houston and the Jaguars. The Falcons are five, the Cowboys are six, Washington seven, and the Chargers are eight. So based on that, James, you're seeing a lot of, of quarterbacks. Have you seen Zach Wilson? And have you seen this other kid, uh, Trey Lance, play? And, and do you think reasonably that either one of them can crack their way into that top five? I certainly think it's reasonable that either one can because, look, the, the one thing – that we know is quarterbacks. We just talked about it with the Dolphins, right? The pursuit never ends. And I think the, the interesting thing about this year in general, you're going to have teams, winning teams, or uh, teams that are borderline winners, right, that, that are kind of in the in-between that I think try to trade up and move up to get that quarterback. I think the Patriots, as bad as people are talking about them right now, and they're certainly not what they've been, they're going to win enough games to be outside the top five, you know, they're going to win six, seven, eight games. Uh, I think the Falcons are in that boat, the 49ers potentially in that boat, but teams that are going to be in the hunt or in the market for a quarterback. And so absolutely. I think that some of these guys could, you could see three or four quarterbacks go in the top six, seven, eight. This is a good quarterback draft. Now I think that these guys could end up rising, even if fields go second and, you know, Trevor Lawrence goes first. That doesn't mean that Lance and Wilson aren't going to get picked early on. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see one of these guys moving up and maybe jumping fields. The, the good thing for fields is he is playing, which Lance isn't. And, and I think that that gives him an edge and he's playing against quality competition and should be in the college football playoffs. So GMs and owners and guys like that, and, and they're going to see this front offices are going to see him play on the big stage. So, uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all, though. Another good – I mentioned wide receiver draft. It's its a really good quarterback draft, and I'd expect all four of those guys to go in the top 20, and, and don't be shocked at all if they, they rise and go higher. Here's what I think might happen, and this is crazy. So I'll, I'll, I won't include the Bengals in this because they have their guy. I won't include the Panthers in this because I think they're going to win too many games and, and they sign Teddy to a bunch of money. Teams that I will include in this, though, are the Lions and the Falcons. The Lions are 13th right now, and the Falcons are – the Patriots right now are currently ninth. But to your point, you think they'll probably end up winning a few more games. The Lions – I mean, the Falcons are fifth with Matt Ryan and with Matt Stafford and possibly new coaches in both of those situations. I'm not sure – and new GMs. I'm not sure that both of those quarterbacks stick. I think they might move them. So if you, if you think that – if you think that those quarterbacks might get moved, see, I think one of those guys ends up in a place like New England. I, I don't, I'm not sure at this stage Belichick is trying to start over with some guy from North Dakota State. Really? Right. I, I, I would be shocked if that's the case. Really? Because, because I, I think he realizes that they have to completely pivot and kind of rebrand. And look, 
if he can find the next guy, Kyler Murray had success right away and posted numbers and was ready to go. Joe Burrow, certainly. Justin Herbert. There are guys you can get right away and have success with. And with the opt-outs, with the cat being what it was, and, and Belichick's talked about some of that stuff, I think this is his shot to try to get one of those guys. It may, it may be his last shot, because if not, then you're right. He's stuck with those guys and going after the veterans and, and really trying to cling to that. This might be his only opportunity for the rest of his coaching and slash GM career to be able to pull this off and get a young quarterback in there that isn't uh, – that it isn't an aging veteran on his last legs. If he wins games, though, he's going to find himself in Kyle Trask, Felipe Franks area. Late first, early second. Because I'm telling you, I think these young kids, especially Wilson and, 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 and the kid out of North Dakota State, I think what's going to happen is Lance. Lance. People are going to sit there and think Mahomes. They're going to sit there and think Josh Allen. They're going to th- anybody with those strong arms, even if they come from unorthodox offenses, even if they don't necessarily have all of those mechanics and they throw. I saw the kid from BYU throw, you know, I saw him throw off the wrong foot and the ball went 40 yards down the field and it was like 10 feet off the ground, right? And I've heard uh, Tampa Bay Trey and, and Ben Solak talk about. Uh, Trey Lance and and I, they were laughing. I heard them smiling through the microphone about it. When you hear guys talk about talent like that, coaches do the same thing, and they're gonna think Mahomes. And remember, mm-hmm. there's no penalty for making a mistake now because, like we just talked about in the last segment, they're dumping these guys left and right. So I do believe he may find himself a Never Neverland. Bill will. I tell you, the team that I'm worried about is the Washington football team because they won last week. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, wait a minute. You're going to get rid of your other dude. Maybe they're setting it up that, that Newton goes up there next year. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm just sitting there thinking like, what are you guys doing? I know you're trying to win and you're trying to change the culture and all of that stuff. But if you're going to get rid of Haskins, which they are, there's no way he's going to stay there next year. They're going to find themselves out of that race too. If they keep winning, because they're at seven right now. I really do believe in my heart of hearts, if Miami does stick with Tua, the only way that some of these teams are going to even have a, a little glimmer of hope is if Miami says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Highest bidder. Give me what you got. I'm, I'm moving back and I'm, and I'm getting all of these picks. And, and it might turn out that we look back and we think about what we're saying here and Miami might win the whole draft next year because them, not the Jaguars, will be the team in the catbird seat because they'll have more draft picks than anybody. Because they're going to take that pick, and if they and if if Tua does well and they make the playoffs, which it looks like they have a real good chance of doing, they may sell that pick to the highest bidder and end up with a plethora of draft picks to add to a playoff team. I could totally see that. I, I and I think that's going to happen. And that's the thing, Tony. You mentioned the the Patriots. I, I think that there's a chance. We heard about the Gilmore report in rumors about him potentially being traded. He wasn't at the deadline. What if they trade him for a first this offseason? And then they take their first and that first and maybe a future first and, and move up and get one of these guys. Like I, I would not be shocked at all if that's what they do. Because again, if you don't have a quarterback, who knows? And, and I agree with you with the Dolphins. They're in a really strong position. The best case for them is to play Tua. And if it works, then they are, they could do anything they want. They, they could use that pick from the Texans. They could move down and get a bunch of picks. Uh, they, they could package those picks together for uh, who knows what 
from a veteran standpoint to, to really push for it here in the AFC East moving forward. So the Dolphins, it does seem like they're in a, a pretty advantageous position. And, and what, how did they get there? They got there because they traded some of their key players to get those assets. And that's something that Houston could have done today, something that Dallas could have done today. It, it's short-term pain, long-term gain. And the Dolphins, it feels like they got it right and they're moving in the right direction. We'll see if it pays off. All right, just uh, for housekeeping's sakes, uh, Joe Marino's draft is uh, the Jets at number one take Trevor Lawrence. The Giants at number two take Justin Fields, which means they move on from tripping Daniel Jones. The Jaguars take Pene Suell. Uh, that means they don't have a quarterback still. Uh, Jaguar fans don't want to hear that, by the way. They're starting Jake Luton this week, another six-round pick rookie. Uh, the Dolphins then take Jamar Chase to give Tua another weapon. The Falcons take Trey Lance, which would mean Matt Ryan would be on the move in some sort of way, or Trey Lance is going to do the same thing for Matt Ryan that that kid is doing up for Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay. All right, you can check that out. Uh, go to Joe Marino's page, who is, uh, of course, the host of Locked On Bills. He does a great job, him and his entire crew. Jamie, that's going to do it for us, man. We uh, – we locked it down here on a Wednesday on this trade deadline stuff, but they ain't trading us. We'll be right back next Wednesday doing the same thing. We'll also be doing it on our dailies every single day on Locked on Bengals and Locked on Jaguars. we got a lot of good stuff going on on Locked on Network. You can follow along on Spotify, but subscribe on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts. Follow him at, uh, is it Rapine James on Twitter? Is that what it is, James? At James Rapine. At James Real Rapine. simple. Yes, sir. Yep. And it's shop talking wig for me because I am a barber, so I talk while I'm cutting hair, and I do all of that stuff. So uh, we will see you same time, same place here next Wednesday on Locked On NFL. Until then, keep taking care of each other, man. And, James, I will see you, man. I'll talk to you probably tonight or tomorrow. <laughs>